0: hello and welcome back to another episode of the pearls and proverbs podcast joining me in the studio today which is a big step up from the closet we're actually at ruthette's bridal right now but i have avery pinkerton here hello (laughs) hi it's so great to have you thank you so much for doing this
1: thanks for having me i'm very excited to chat with you today
0: I'm excited to have you. You're probably, you're my first non-fam, I mean we're family. You're <laughs> married to my cousin is kind of how we know each other, but you're fir- my first not immediate family guest. So Yeah, it's a
1: big step. Yeah. I hope it's beneficial.
0: <laughs> I I think it will be. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay, I am Avery Pinkerton. I'm currently 26 years old, um, at, which is Surprising that I even remember that. I have to I have to remind myself pretty often how old I am because unfortunately it changes every year. <laughs> um so I am married to Seth, Callie's cousin, and we got married. It will be 7 years ago. Wow.
0: Is that right? So yes, I wow. said 8. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so 26 and married for 7 years. That So you guys got married. How old were y'all when y'all got married?
1: So I was 19 when I married Seth. Seth was actually 20. Um which is kind of uncommon. Um yeah, y'all usually babies. it's not it's not as uncommon for one of the <laughs> married couple to be younger than the other, but it is really uncommon for both to be that young. Yeah. Um, So we started dating for the first time when we were... uh, I was a freshman in high school. So I was 15 years old um, and he was 16. (laughs) We dated for a while and we broke up for a little while and then got back together and we're ready to get married. So we got married in 2013 um, and then we had... One little boy, two years later, then I opened Ruthette's a year after that, and then we had another little boy a year after that, I guess. Um, so our life has been kind of fast and furious, um, okay. kind of how we roll. <laughs>
0: so I want to back up a little bit. Um, I want to know the proposal story, because I remember donuts were involved, and I think, yes. what, what was the story on that? If you
1: could. Well, I'm a pretty big donut fanatic. Um, and we still, to this day, actually, have a Friday morning tradition of getting donuts. Yeah,
0: I've seen you guys in Palace before <laughs> yes. when I went there to study with donuts. So we
1: get donuts, we, and now we drive to Palace, and we have to sit outside because they don't let you take <laughs> your donuts inside. We get Palace coffee, and we eat our donuts and have coffee. Um, and so, back in the day, when we were in college, I was living in the dorm, and... I had Friday morning classes, which was really unfortunate. Back then, that was not really a thing. (laughs) Most classes were Monday through Thursday, but um, I went to class that morning and I got back at probably about 10 and he was waiting for me at the dorm with a box of donuts. He had told me he was bringing donuts, so I wasn't all that suspicious um, because it was, I mean, we just, we ate a lot of donuts (laughs) so anyway we went up to my room and I opened the donut box and my ring was in there and so he got down on one knee and asked me to marry him and I said yes emphatically we were very very sure of what we were doing and we were not um irrational college students in any way both of us mature for your age yes and I don't say that in like oh uppity kind of way. I, I think that other people would say the same thing about us. Um, we very much knew that that's what we wanted to do. We had no doubts whatsoever. Um, the outsiders, though, <laughs> would yeah. not agree. So people in our family, um, like our parents, our siblings, all of those people who were close to us and knew us um, supported us 100%. We had nobody...
0: That's good. Telling
1: us it was a bad idea. Um, my dad actually told me that he would push me down the aisle yeah. if he had to. Aww. That's how much he loves my husband. So That is awesome. So, um,
0: I mean, you kind of mentioned, yeah, that's, that's kind of odd. What what made you guys want to get married so young?
1: Um, <laughs> other
0: than you just loved each other so much.
1: We, it was kind of a natural step for us. So, we like I said had dated for a while by the time we had been in college for a year we had spent way too much time together alone um and knew that we were going to get married that was our plan Mm -hmm. um we wanted to have a spouse we wanted to be a, a strong part of the church and have potentially a family in the church um kind of like is laid out in the scriptures um and so we didn't necessarily see any use in waiting. Waiting was going to be really dangerous for us in the physical aspect of our relationship. And so we just went for it. And that's another reason that our parents were so supportive. I think they knew that that part of it was really important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, without getting too graphic, right? there was just no reason for us to wait. We they knew that's hard. what we were going to yeah. do. Um, and like I said, we had spent too much time alone Mm -hmm. (laughs) in that first year in college away from home and we we were level-headed I mean we we knew what we were doing and we knew we didn't want to wait so
0: I think that's very very I mean I really respect that decision I think obviously it worked out really well for you guys still very happy in the two kids (laughs) and the business so you've both done well for yourselves I would say I think the marriage just kind of from the outside looking in it looks like instead of holding you back, it kind of made you guys stronger. It gave you a support system in a way.
1: Definitely. um, And honestly, being married in college was probably the most fun you could ever have. (laughs) I know a lot of people look at college a lot differently, but um, we were not the type of people that were going to move in together. Um, We think that that goes against what the scripture teaches us. And so for us to spend time together, it was in separate right apartments or whatever um saying good night every night leaving dreading that hating all the time that we were apart even though we were in the same town like within a few miles from each other the whole time um we loved to be together and so when we got married we actually had three semesters of school left each so we graduated at the same time but those three semesters were the most fun because we didn't have full-time jobs um we worked part-time but also went to school so we had i mean we were very very busy but we had free time to spend together and to kind of nurture our marriage at that young age um and i we are we feel very blessed that we got to do that because a lot of relationships don't have that opportunity and they get married and they're in the the adult world um which, it can be done, obviously, and it's a yeah. great way to do it, but we were, we loved that time of our lives, and we're so, so grateful that we did it.
0: Very awesome.
1: Um, But I will kind of discuss the naysayers in that part okay, of our yeah, life. yeah,
0: absolutely, because um, so... I'm sure, like, that's not <laughs> popular, and I know a lot of people, especially that maybe, like, don't see a problem moving in together before marriage or, you know couple sleepovers however you want to put that without (laughs) being too graphic would think why not just wait you guys still had like you said three semesters of school so I guess I could see how there would have been a lot of criticism
1: yes and like I mentioned earlier it was only from people on the outside that didn't know didn't know the true relationship that we had um but we got lots of comments just skeptics of marriage in general but then also skeptics of our age and how much life we had ahead of us and blah 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 and um school as well. So, like I said, we were really level-headed. We had no intentions of not finishing school. Um we were financially set in a way that probably a lot of people aren't and I understand that. But um the people who would make comments to us truly had no effect on us but i think it's interesting to speak to them because the things that they might say are things like um why get married now you're gonna change so much what if he changes and y'all don't love each other anymore i mean i think that's a really worldly thing to say but Um, things like what if you decide you want to do this with your life or you're going to miss out on living with roommates or something, which we actually, we still got to do that a little bit. So (laughs) we had roommates and we had lots of fun, but, um, I think the difference in our relationship and some of those perspectives is that we truly loved each other and we understand the biblical uh, definition the biblical definition of love. And, um, we obviously had a passionate love and still do like a lot of married people do, but we also understood the duration of a love that lasts through those changes. And I think, um, looking at our lives since then, the changes are what make your marriage exciting. Um, (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, I I guess I have a question. You mentioned a lot of people said, what if you what if that like you change and you don't love that person anymore? Obviously, you guys have changed a lot in these years. You went from being college students to now you're a business owner, he's an engineer. So, you both have changed and grown. You're a mother and a father now. How do you I guess address their concerns of, well, what if your love just isn't there anymore? I mean, how do you I guess keep that that fire and that passion that you talked about going?
1: So I think um, I there is a difference in like a passionate love and a enduring love. So the love we read about in the scripture, like in 1 Corinthians 13, it says a lot of things about love. It's patient, it's kind, um, and finally it says love does not end and so if you understand the godly love that he has for us and the things that he loves us through the mistakes that we make the changes that we go through um, he loves us through that and his love does not change and I think that that's the love we are expected to have for our spouses Um, it might not always come natural I think at the beginning it very much does but um, through those changes you learn how to love so much. And it almost makes your love stronger because it's not something that you're, uh, it's something that you're working for. So it's more rewarding.
0: So what it kind of sounds like is you're almost like, there's a difference between that emotion, like, yes, that's there, but it's also more of a choice that you make every day is kind of the vibe I'm getting Mm
1: -hmm. from you. Is it? Definitely. um, And we, any relationship has its ebbs and flows. I think that you um, starting out on a love as strong as we did makes it a lot easier. But, um, so we had a lot of really good examples of marriage and we also look at the biblical example of marriage. And so I think with that as our background, we kind of view it as definitely a choice, but a very, very blessed choice. And when you make it, um, you, you get the reward from that. And so um, your marriage is often a testament, I think, to God's faith to us. And so I think that, that you reap the benefits of that. But it is it is often a hard choice. Um, not always, but often. But as long as you make it, I, I do think that it comes back to you tenfold.
0: <laughs> so I guess kind of a question I have is, I know like all these statistics say 50% of marriages end in divorce. And what is your way of, I guess, combating and beating that statistic and not being a part of that statistic?
1: Um, honestly, for us, it's not ever even been in the vocabulary or the mental process, um, and that's, that's how we viewed it going in. Even as 19- and 20-year-olds, we knew what marriage was based on, like I said, the examples that we've had in our life and the, the scriptures explanation of what marriage is to God. And so it, it doesn't play a role in our relationship at all. If it does, you are at risk for, um, seceding to that. And, and that's when things break down. And so,
0: so you're saying you guys went in and just from the start, that wasn't even an option. Like it's not even, it's not anywhere in yeah. the realm of possibility. Honestly, just... we've
1: never even talked about that part of marriage because I don't I don't think that is a part of marriage. Right. I think that's a part of Satan. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we were probably married for at least five or six years before anyone that we know even went through that. And honestly, it kind of hit us like a ton of bricks. Like, oh, I forgot about that. Like, I forgot that that happens to people. (laughs) Um, And so truly, our goal in being married is to choose to love each other, to learn how that love plays out for my spouse specifically, which I am truly so bad at. But I'm going to learn, hopefully. (laughs) And maybe by the time we're done, I'll be good at it. And that's kind of the fun part to me is I look at it as a challenge. And I think as a 19-year-old, um, looking back on it, I wouldn't have said then, like, ooh, this is going to be hard. Let's do it. But looking back on it, I I see myself as a person who appreciates a good challenge. And um, so now seven years in, we have been through plenty of those challenges and those changes and um, the choice to love him and he obviously loves me probably a lot more and a lot better, but we are, we are blessed for it. Um, the fact that you face challenges and that you face changes is just a part of it. And I don't think the Bible teaches us any different. And I think we're expected to follow the scriptures either way. So, um, marriage, I think helps you in that aspect, and having, having a strong marriage and a strong support system through your marriage can help you in that. And so since, we, since we've been married, so we graduated college, which truly was a big challenge in itself. I mean, getting to that final graduation day was intense because not only being a college student, we were also a married couple. So we were like in our family system, we were viewed as you know, adults who right. <laughs> were expected to participate at Christmas and do all of those adulty things mm-hmm. that we were happy to do. But it was a lot. Um, and so it was just like every step that we, we passed through, we overcame it, and I suspect there will be more. Um, the hardest thing probably, which this will kind of lead into our current life. Um, so we had our first little boy like two years after we got married well two and a half years after we got married so um I was working three part-time jobs at the time and decided I mean from the moment basically I started college I knew that I wanted to have a family and probably stay home with my family I didn't really have intentions of getting a full-time job which is silly I know to get a college degree for no reason but um I worked like I said three part-time jobs I was very very busy and went from doing that and filling all of my days with work and friends and things of that nature to staying at home with a newborn all day long and it was (laughs) so that's a pretty big change it's a big change and going through it I I didn't I couldn't diagnose it as well as I can now if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Um, Looking back on it, I think that's probably what hit me the hardest was the change Mm -hmm. and just going from always having something to do to, I mean, a newborn is a lot of work, but you're at home by yourself all the time and, you know, you feed them and you change them and hopefully they sleep a little and you get, I mean, I was getting all my housework done. I was doing a little bit of graphic design from home and I was just like, (laughs) dreading the free time because I didn't know what to do with it.
0: So was having your first child two two and a half years after y'all got married, was this a change y'all planned for, or was this just kind of a change that God blessed you with? Or would you like to not answer that and I can No
1: answer. that no. Okay. It um was kind of in between. So we, we did plan to start a family. We didn't necessarily plan to start one that soon. So it just kinda came when it when it came. Um <laughs> Which is how it works. And and we are so, so sure that glad made... that it did because exactly. we got a boy instead of another kid. Yes.
0: <laughs> so did that, I guess, change happening when it did? Do you think that made it harder to transition from, what, from your three part-time jobs to being a mother? Or do you think it just would have been hard at any stage of life?
1: I honestly don't know. I think that at that stage in my life, I was oblivious to all of the people saying starting a family is going to be hard. <laughs> um, I was totally oblivious to the idea that being a stay-at-home mom is hard. I think, from my perspective, a working mom sounds like misery, almost, because you have all of your mom duties, and then you also have a job that you're expected to show up for and to fulfill duties for. and. I just thought, you know, I'll take care of my kids and that'll be you know, it might not be easy, but that'll be the thing I'm best at.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> that and it's not true. <laughs> but I I just the childcare portion of it came easy to me. You know, our marriage didn't suffer a whole lot. I think like some people would suspect having a kid that soon, but just the free time and the loneliness hit me like a ton of bricks and I didn't know what to do with myself I think mentally I was not probably in a very healthy state um and like I said a lot of these things I see a lot clearer now that I'm out of them but I I needed to something in my life
0: (laughs) so we can edit this out if you don't want to answer this question but do you think you suffered from postpartum depression
1: I do very much so think that um because I've since had another baby and did not experience the same mental distress that I went through with the first one um and I I wouldn't have known that until now Mm -hmm. but I do um a lot of the thoughts that they ask about having, I was having um, a lot of the feelings. I cried a lot, <laughs> like. And you're a, not a crier, so that's no, very bizarre. I, I promise, I'm not very bizarre. I probably for you haven't to be. cried in two years now. But they they can pinpoint those things pretty easy. I could not at that mm-hmm. time. I just thought this right. is it. I'm in the trenches. I'm just gonna barrel through it. And I did, but coming out of that, we, <laughs> we had always kind of had a plan to open a business. So this is kind of a really random segue, but going through college, getting married, um, one of my best friends from college, her name is Colette, cause I will probably reference her later. <laughs> um, helped me through my my wedding process and then also got married herself and I helped her through her wedding process and somewhere along the way we thought hey we should open a bridal store someday for those of you don't who don't know that is a wedding dress store because some people don't yeah. know what a bridal store is
0: and I just want to add it's a very beautiful bridal store we're sitting in here right now and the dresses here are just absolutely stunning so a little <laughs> shout out if any of you yeah. are looking for a dress I highly highly recommend this place?
1: Um, Definitely. Come to Ruthette's. But we, it was kind of just a fleeting thought at the time. Down the road, you know, when all of the pieces fell into place, let's do this someday. So did
0: you ever think at that point, you know, you'd had your first kid, you were how old at the time?
1: 22. 22.
0: So at 22, did you ever think... In just a few years, I'll be sitting in this. No,
1: never. Not even a little bit. And that probably speaks to my lack of planning aheadness. <laughs> um, I I truly just kind of go with what comes to me and face it and overcome it. And just head on. on. <laughs> yes. So um, in college, we had that idea. Fast forward to... A year, almost a year after having my first baby, so he was he was ten or eleven months old at the time, and this location opened up on the square, and I basically went into full operation let's get this done mode like because like I said, I was looking for something to yeah. fill my time and so we went for it. Honestly, it has been probably one of the biggest blessings in my personal life for my mental health and for my, um, just the way that my brain works, I think. Um, so we only open for appointments during the week and then I work like every other Saturday. Wow! And so I'm not working full time. I don't have to be here all the time. And I probably spend like four to six hours a day, maybe, (laughs) maybe doing Ruthette's business. And most of it can be done from home. So I'm able to be with my kids, but I'm also able to mentally accomplish some things that make me feel a little more not successful because...
0: Well, I would (laughs) would definitely, definitely consider this a success. Um, So it just, I guess... Um, gives you a purpose, other than the yes. purpose of being a mother, wife, it, and a Christian. It, I almost an... feel
1: guilty to say that it gives me fulfillment, but... Um, I don't think I there's just... any
0: shame in that. You've brought, you've put a lot of work into yes.
1: this. Yes, and and I don't downplay what I do for my kids in any way. Like, I'm still very much their 100% sp- support system. So, um, it's just almost... It's kind of like an outlet. I call it like a creative outlet to maybe use a part of my brain that I don't get to use when I'm with my kids. Um, and a lot of times it's a break for me. So <laughs> it, it is a job and it is work. And some of it is really difficult. But um, I can say nothing trumps how hard it is to take care of children.
0: So <laughs> Okay, so I guess I, submit, I want your advice on... So you didn't necessarily, I guess, at the moment plan to be a mother but once you were in that situation and took on that role full force and dealing with some of the challenges you faced as a Christian how did you I guess spiritually how did you handle that what did you do to overcome that and have the Christian attitude the Christian mindset when doing going through all of that
1: um so I kind of have a checklist of things that I would (laughs) submit to you um I First and foremost, learned more than any other time in my life how to pray and not in the sense of like praying like I had in the past of, you know, praying phrases that I had heard before, um, praying for people who had asked to be prayed for, which is really important, Um, but like crying in the bathtub, desperately asking for a way out. Of my mentality at that point. Um, So prayer since then has been huge to me um, which I'm thankful for and goes to show that that like we're taught good things come from everything. Um, Second I think looking outside of yourself is very important um, because I think when you're going through a challenging time no matter how hard it is and I understand everybody faces different levels of difficulty in their life. Um, Looking outward at other people's challenges or other people's um, successes can really give you perspective on what you're going through and how to face it um, and other people's needs. If you can feel other people's needs, that helps your perspective a lot, too.
0: Um, so did you ever utilize other Christian mothers? Did you ever go to them and ask for help, advice? Did that help you? Was that not helpful?
1: At the time, um, I didn't really have any around me that I was comfortable talking to about those types of things. And like I've said, a lot of this is more clear to me now than right. it ever was at that point. Right. Um, and so, like in the really, the really early stages where I was crying a lot, my mom and my mother-in-law were around to help me. Um, and they just kind of said, you know, this is something that happens um, after you have a baby. And and you will you will get over it, basically. Yeah, you'll, um, you'll come through it. You'll be fine. And since going through it, I've talked to other mothers about it um, who've kind of experienced the same thing. And it helps me to, I think understand what I went through better and to also maybe face it in the future um just to kind of get those things out in the open and know that you're not alone I think that's probably the biggest part of that um is knowing that you're not not the only person to ever go through it that's another part of facing challenges I think if you look at them like like you are one of a kind in facing this um you are wrong I'm sure it makes you it
0: can make you feel very isolated and very alone yes
1: and I I didn't know that that's what I needed but but having somebody to be with (laughs) spend time Mm -hmm. with which working has given me that opportunity as well um just because a kid is a kid I mean yeah they're super sweet and super cute and I really love to spend time with them but there's only so much that they can do for your emotional and mental and spiritual health
0: and I think and maybe this is a generational thing but I think a lot of people are very afraid to say what you just said and I think it's something I mean I'm not a mother but I think if I was I would want to know that the things I was feeling other mothers are feeling and so the fact that you're willing to open up about that and that you have other mothers that do open up about that and I mean it is just a fact of life. yeah that kid is sweet but if you're someone (laughs) that craves that intellectual stimulation there's not a lot of that that can come from an infant
1: although he's four now and he gets pretty (laughs) intellectual
0: (laughs) okay so on your checklist you mentioned prayer and we talked about other people what what else do you utilize
1: so I think um Lastly, and maybe <laughs> equally as important, is um, time for yourself. And I don't say this in like the way of going to get your nails done or pampering yourself. I know a lot of moms really value that, and I think that it can be beneficial. Um, I obviously don't have the luxury of doing that because I I have, I have work, and that is my time away. <laughs> and I think that it does the job. Um, it gives me the opportunity to spend time with, you know, my best friend Colette and also meet new people and experience things through their eyes in the most joyful time of their life at that um, and learn about them and learn about their journey. We get some of the coolest stories in here and um, that that time away from your kids where you almost um, don't really have to spend any of your brain space <laughs> making sure they have what yes. they need. Um, I think that is one of the most important ways that you can be a good mom is in some way take care of your brain because (laughs) (laughs) you will lose it if you spend all of your time just dealing with those kid things Um, because they're very important to those kids. They really, really are, but you are are important to them. And so (laughs) having that time to kind of reset and recognize the the motion of the world still going outside of those kids is really beneficial.
0: So my next question, that was, I guess, a less planned event, but when it came to the opening the store and starting a business, how did you, as a Christian, make that decision? What spiritual tools did you utilize to help, I guess, in the whole process?
1: Uh, yes, the list is probably very similar. <laughs> so prayer, for sure. Once I learned to do that, it has always been... Um, the easiest way to persist through any challenging situation Um, I think in that time we learned as a family kind of to depend on the people around us a little bit more um, kind of get feedback from them as far as opening the business in general we did not have a lot of supporters in that either so kind of like getting married at 19 opening a bridal store at 22 sounds kind of crazy um, but the people who supported us were the ones we listened to. So,
0: <laughs> so you just listen to the positive. Voices. Yes,
1: <laughs> love it. So um, we took what we could from those people. Um, we had a lot of family support in getting the store up and running. It was the most insane, probably two months ever. Like business meetings and construction on the actual space. Um, financing, (laughs) and all of that stuff, you know, some of it comes natural to us and some of it doesn't. And so you have to have the support of others. Um, and then in regards to, you know, taking on a job outside of my kids, I think I truly viewed it as something that would benefit everybody because in that stage of my life, I was not <laughs> not the light that I would have liked to have been f- for my husband or my family, any future kids. Um, and so I knew that doing something like this could benefit me personally and in turn benefit them. Um, and so I, I overcame that hurdle quickly. I did not struggle with any sort of guilt of working away from my kids. I knew that it would be very part-time and that I would prioritize them over anything. Um, and I, I still have, the business probably has suffered from that. Um, but it was that was, we agreed on that being how we would run our business, that our kids always, always come first. And so that portion of a, being a working mom has not ever plagued me. Colette was different. She lived an hour away at the time. And so anytime she spent working Um, with us it meant a a significantly longer amount of time away from her kids and she was not excited about that but she wanted the business enough to overcome it and has since figured out that it is really helpful for her too (laughs) so um, there's not a lot of biblical advice on working as a woman Um, I think that some of the women we read about are obviously very hard workers in lots of different ways. Um, But when you read of the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, I think you would find that she does a lot more than just take care of her oh, kids yeah I mean it talks <laughs> about
0: her you know considering a field and buying it and to me that shows she had financial smarts and she was a hard worker and I think I think a, a working mom is a very biblical concept I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a stay-at-home mom but there's also not an issue with a working mother and I really love that you find you found a way to do both and do both very well and I think that's part of the reason I wanted to have you on this podcast is you were very inspirational I know to me in my
1: own life and I think you'll be very
0: inspirational to our listeners as well.
1: I don't know about that, but (laughs) it has, it has taught me a lot. Um, and I think any mother, if you really look at them, they, even as a stay at home mom, they are not only taking care of their kids. There's so much other work that goes into it. And, um, a lot of them do some type of income earning business from home. Um, which I will say my business does not earn income yet but it will eventually very soon eventually <laughs> um and so i think looking at it from a biblical biblical standpoint i am encouraged in my efforts to to create something that will benefit my family in in more than one way
0: yeah absolutely so we've talked a lot about being a, a mother and a working mother and i want to rewind a little bit and i guess this is more for me and I guess listeners in my stage of life, but you and Seth dated for how many years before you got married? Several. It was five Four. Plus. four. It was four years. It was a while. Several yeah. years. <laughs> so what is your advice to young people or really anyone dating and trying to date in a godly way and keep that relationship what God expects of it?
1: I wish I had been better at that. (laughs) Um, the major thing for us was we both had the same goal and, um, that's not always the case in a relationship. And I think that if you end up, um, with someone who does not share your goals, if you can't convince them of those biblical goals, it's probably not a healthy relationship to pursue. Um, if you can get on the same page with that and truly be wholly convicted to those goals, mm-hmm. I think you can achieve it. And that's the only, <laughs> the only way that Seth and I escaped that trap of the world, which it is very, very much a trap. And I think it is detrimental to a healthy marriage. And I would attribute a lot of our um, joy in our marriage, to our willingness to submit to God's will in that portion. Um, That's actually extremely encouraging to hear
0: as a young person trying to date in that way. Because from this end, I'm looking you're you're over the hill, you're past it. From this end, it's a real struggle sometimes. It's
1: a trench. So, it's a deep trench
0: (laughs) it's nice to hear that it
1: pays off (laughs) it does I promise it does and I that just like anything that God asks us to do I totally understand why because your relationship is so much better (laughs) I can't say that because I haven't had any other kind of relationship but it is more blessed and it is more joyful and um more holy and the way that he has laid it out is perfect. And I'm not saying that we did it perfectly, but we tried really, really hard. (laughs) And I think that he has blessed us in that.
0: Very, very neat. Thank you for sharing that advice. So I guess really my last and final question for you is throughout all of this, What has really been the... What's your take-home point from your life
1: so far? (laughs) I hope that it's not the... I hope that I have a lot more to learn. The theme of my life and my relationship with my husband and my friends has definitely been that of changing and facing challenges and growing. And the things that we have faced have not in any way been detrimental. We've been very 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 blessed and I'm grateful for that, but I'm grateful for what we've been able to learn through the last 7 years or so. And change has never been a stranger to me. I think that from a young age I I was able to adapt to whatever came my way and there have been multiple things kind of guiding my path but it, it hasn't always been a super smooth one and as a young kid we faced a tragedy in our family and one of the main scriptures, well two scriptures really have been in my head and on my heart since then that kind of helped me through that so the first scripture as a young kid that I memorized after that tragedy was John sixteen verse thirty three. So John sixteen thirty three says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And this doesn't say in the world you might have tribulation. It doesn't say, um you it doesn't really give you the option and it just kind of says you will have tri- you, It's not a
0: matter of if, it's when. Yeah.
1: So you will have tribulation, but have peace because Jesus has done all that we need him to do to overcome the tribulations in our life. So how do you feel like
0: those trials in your life, I know we can go into your, the tragedy you mentioned maybe in another episode, but how do you think that has made you, changed you as a Christian?
1: my faith is stronger than I think it could have ever been knowing that something so terrible can happen in the world and that Jesus is still there and heaven is still there and God is still taking care of us and God is still ruling the world and there are no doubts in that and I I don't think I could have come to that faith without facing challenges in my life, so I'm grateful for that, um, but the the fact that He is steady through the changes in life has shaped the way I live, truly, and I am, am faithful in knowing that he, His scripture is always the same, And his guidance is always the same. And no matter how much I waver spiritually or how much my life changes, that he will be there.
0: There's that verse that talks about, you know, Jesus is the same always. And I think it sometimes takes trials in our lives and just the earth shifting out from beneath us where all we have left to cling to is him for us to realize how true that statement is that he doesn't change.
1: Yes, and I honestly don't think that you could learn the reality of it until you go through something like that. And I, I am grateful to have done so at a young age. I hope that I don't have to face something like that again because I, I learned my lesson. <laughs> <sighs> um, the other scripture that has kind of guided my life, and I would attribute this to my grandma. Those of you who know Maudine taught me this. Not only in scripture, but in the way that she lived her life. (laughs) But the scripture is 1 Peter 4, verse 12. And it says, Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when glory is revealed. And I have always had a special place in my heart for this scripture because it it shapes how I view hard things um, and makes them appear less hard. But as I was preparing to talk to you today, I looked into the meaning behind some of these words. And so the word strange where it says, think it not sh- as some strange thing has happened to you. The translation of that word actually comes from a word that means visitor or um, like a lodge where you would visit and stay for a night and then leave or as a a visitor to your home. So someone who's, you know, passing through, going to stay there for a night or two. And that was mind blowing to me. Yeah, that is very interesting. (laughs) So trials are not to be viewed as a visitor or a place that we might hang out at for a night or two. Trials are basically to be a resident in our home. (laughs) (laughs) And I think if you look at it from that perspective, the trial doesn't seem as abnormal or as difficult because you're facing it all of the time. And I would like to think that's how I face challenges in my life. I hope that's how I'm able to face them. I hope that I never face anything <laughs> that that wavers that. But if you look at it like the scripture tells us to, trials are not to be unusual to us. We are, we are to be faithful to God through them and to let them be a testament to our faith in Him and to why we follow Him. So that has definitely been a big director in my life
0: <laughs> I think that's a very key concept as Christians you know a lot of people have this idea that oh God just wants to be, wants me to be happy and unfortunately we do not <laughs> ever see that God will provide for us yes but as far as worldly happiness that's not necessarily promised what's promised is an eternity of bliss and peace and if we are faithful, a home in heaven, but as far as worldly happiness, that's not necessarily, not that we won't have that, but it's not promised to us.
1: Not even a little bit. And I think that when you look at it from the biblical perspective, you can learn to have joy no matter what trials you're facing. And that joy is even stronger. Yeah. See episode
0: um, five. For that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well thank you so much for doing this. As usual, I like to end the show with a question and a challenge. And when I have a guest host, I like to throw that their way, so
1: My question to the listeners would be, how have you responded to the challenges in your life? And your challenges may look totally different from mine or from Callie's, but how have they how have they shaped you and how have they shaped your faith? and the future of your life and my challenge would be to take those things and um, let them strengthen you and let them strengthen your faith and turn to God in response to those things as opposed to anything in the world because you will not find peace or comfort in anything that you might try to find peace and comfort in and take those challenges and let them make you stronger and let them live with you and learn from them, and and have a stronger future because of it.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing it, for doing this. I really, really appreciate you being willing to come on the show. Um, if you guys like what you heard, please go ahead and subscribe and leave us a rating or review. You can find us on Facebook the pearls and proverbs podcast you can also follow follow us on instagram at pearls and proverbs podcast and if you want to check out ruthette's you can follow them on facebook and instagram as well i don't what it what is y'all's instagram handle
1: i think it's just ruthette just
0: at ruthette's i think so okay well they're also if you're gonna be in the market for a wedding dress soon come check us out i highly recommend this place but i think that wraps it wraps it up for this week thank you guys for listening